0: So, Philip Lowe has his final RBA meeting today. He's expected to go quietly. And humble pie from Christine Lagarde at the ECB. She says they don't always get things right. Then she didn't give any information about what happens next. Maybe she's worried about getting it wrong. And America on holiday on Monday, while the rest of us just try and look busy till they get back. It's Tuesday, the 5th of September, 2023. It's the morning call from Nap. Good morning. A small fall in the US dollar on what's been a light day of trade with the US off for Labor Day. Consequently, no big moves anywhere else either, really. The US dollar is up, but only marginally up to 64.6 US cents. The yen is down 0.2%. The pound is up a third of 1%. The euro a little over 0.1% up. The US stock market closed, but European stocks are open and are down, or they were open, 1.5% off the FTSE 100, 1.2% off the euro stocks 50. But yesterday, well, China's still showing uh, quite a bit of hope with the CSI 300 up 1.5%, the Hang Seng. Climbed 2.5% yesterday. No bond trading in the US either, but German bunds are up 3 basis points. A similar story across much of Europe, including the UK. Australian 10 years up 9 basis points yesterday to 4.09%. Then you can add a few more basis points on, uh, higher on futures overnight as well. And oil prices are higher, almost half a percent for Brent, up to 89 a barrel, and 0.4% for WTI. So uh, let's look at all of that this morning with uh, Rodrigo Catrilli, he joins us from NAB in Sydney. So um, let's look at uh, China very quickly before we get on to uh, what's happening in Europe and Australia. Is confidence picking up? I mean, I, I you know, we, we know it has been, but it continues to by the looks of it. Looking at equities yesterday uh, and we know that uh, Country Garden Holdings, there's been approval from bondholders to extend some of their coupon payment dates. So they haven't collapsed yet. So uh, it's, you know, it's there's still hope, isn't there, in some sort of recovery happening perhaps sooner than we'd originally thought in
1: china um morning phil yes so we've had had those good news and, and a positive start of the week uh, when you look at the equity market and developers in particular developer shares um in china following those uh, yet um, new stimulus measures that uh, china has introduced uh, in in recent weeks but of course they're the ones that were the important ones late last week uh, were around there they uh, improving the ability for accessing lower interest rates for mortgage holders uh, as well as uh, mm. lower deposits rates and and uh, the big cities Beijing and Shanghai reported big gains in uh, in sales um, a big jump in sales uh, over the weekend reflecting perhaps uh, an increase in appetite uh, for the, the households to to get back into into the housing market um, but its still' it's early days and um When we look at sort of the scale of the problem, um, we we remain a little bit concerned that um, there's the potential here for more um, bad news, if you like, coming, um, whilst at Mm. the same time... you know that there's still when you talked about country garden and uh yep there there there's potential that they might be able to um get a little bit more time for paying what I think is around twenty two point five million in u s dollars interest. Um, but uh, Country Garden is one of the most indebted developers in the world with 187 billion liabilities. So yeah. so basically they live and survive another day, but they're there a long way to yeah. go here. And the, um, yeah. and that's the issue around the, the housing market to us in, in, in China. You, you need to provide a little bit of stability in terms of the declining prices. Um, and that stability will be important for the outlook of developers. It also will be important for... Um, their outlook and confidence in terms of households and, and firms. Um, and, and, and I'm not sure that we're there yet. Um, and then on and top of that
0: yeah you've got to add all the geopolitics as well which is you know is only is getting worse isn't it between the US and China so in the Wall Street Journal today they're reporting on how Washington has tracked 100 incidents of Chinese nationals trying to access US military and other installations these are people not drones people acting as tourists uh, so you wonder it's, it's not going to be a harmonious relationship I mean the Chinese embassy has, has said this is the US just uh, you know groundless accusations and a cold war mentality so you're never really quite sure who to believe but I mean since it's Trump, and it's obviously not just Trump, because it's 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 changed the whole flavour of that relationship. I wonder if he'd ever go back to, to how it was. But anyway, that's just an aside. Uh, we get the Chai Shin Services PMI today. Do you like that? The Chai Shin Services PMI. I'm only saying it because now I've learned, after seven years, how to pronounce it. Chai Shin. Uh, so yeah, we've all
1: learned. <laughs> we've all learned uh, to, Seven years we've been doing this.
0: if people are going, oh, seven years I've been getting this wrong. So, uh, this is the services number today. It's expected to ease a little bit. So, I mean, here's us talking about things getting better in China, but if services is going backwards, that's not a good sign.
1: Well, yes. I mean, it's still on expansionary mode. So, it's easing from 54.1 to 53.5, but certainly uh, it will be a continuation of that theme of ease in services. Not only in China, but uh, uh, around around the globe, and and if anything, uh, you know, the concern is is that that, that easing in the services uh, in China maybe it's just a reflection of, of a little bit of a small burst of, of, of tourism and activity and, and that is going to fizzle out. So um, there's a concern that there maybe there's not enough there for, for keeping momentum in in that services side of the economy, uh, particularly given the softness that we got in the official services PMI. So mm. there will be a bit of focus there and, and certainly a downward surprise there will be a major concern.
0: Yeah, in those Chaixin services PMIs today. Uh, Christine Lagarde has said the ECB needs to restore confidence by getting things right more, basically. I think that's what she was saying, Uh, sort of uh, indicating that they could be wrong. Humility in how we communicate is key to fostering trust, she says. Uh, and uh, then when you says you know if someone says something like that, they're obviously not going to come right out and give you a straight answer to anything at all because uh, that you know because she basically is saying
1: because she's not sure herself. herself, <laughs>
0: yeah, that's right. So she just doesn't know what yeah, to yeah. do, but she's going to do nothing or not say anything with humility. <clears throat> that seemed to be the gist of what she. Well, what did you take out from what she was saying? It was curious today.
1: Yeah, I, I was I was reading a little bit this morning. I think that there's a couple of of messages here. Uh, the one is the issue around. Um, actions speak louder than words uh, And in the sense that she was saying we got to see that the ECB has hiked uh, Has delivered the most aggressive hiking uh, cycle so far uh, This mm. time around And and um, um, the issue around credibility Should be seen in the sense that The commitment that the central bank has To, to you know do everything that is possible To bring inflation back towards that 2% target um, And then when she talked about forecasts um um, the, the issue around humility is that, uh, you know, uh, she was saying we have to accept that, that uh, we don't always get things right and the limitations that um, uh, we all have in terms of trying to predict the future and, and the implications from policy then is that you, you can't, uh, you know, give this guidance that you're going to be hiking by 200 basis points because you just don't know how things are going to turn out. Um, and particularly similar to what the ABA WA governor was saying, now that you're entering sort of this calibration phase, uh, guidance uh, becomes a bit more limited because you're not not 100% sure and you, you need to wait for the data um, and in fact you know for the ECB we know that they're going to wait for, for the new forecast um, uh, before they make the decision on uh, September on the 14th of September right, as well okay
0: we'll, we'll got a few more central bank, uh, central bank speakers from the ECB talking tonight don't we but uh, uh, will they be uh, showing as much humility uh, look and as further signs of softness didn't we in, in Europe as well we had it had I should say uh, so a, a 0.9% fall in German exports in July month on month and the number of jobless in Spain rose by 0.9% I think I've got that right, month on month, when it was expected to fall. So those are, you know, quite big moves. I mean, you know, pretty insignificant on their own, but just add it to the list and, you know, more signs of weakness in Europe.
1: Uh, yes, and, and those themes around weakness in uh, in Germany in particular, um, given Germany's the growth engine, and, and also the reflection mm. that exports in Germany are also a function of how well China or how not so well China is doing. And, and again, sort of the link, uh, you know that brings us into to the global economy. So um, Germany has been yeah. struggling for quite some time. Um, the growth, one of the growth engines in terms of exports, um, is, is is challenged by the the weakness that we 've seen in in China, uh, and therefore it's going to take a little bit of time for for that to change around.
0: But of course, you know, if we've got weakness in the economy, then you hope that uh, that is going to create disinflation. So with the, and we are seeing that with the producer prices, aren't we? So the eurozone producer price index is out today or tonight, and that's expected to fall quite a bit as well.
1: There are. Um, there's a combination here of um, base effects, because when, for instance, you look at the year-on-year number, it is seen declining from 3.4 to 76 Um but then again, the month-to-month number is also seen declining, uh, not, not quite as much, but uh, but still declining by 0.6%. So uh, that PPI decline is still sort of a, a deflationary force there that is still playing out in Europe, um, as it is in other parts like in China as well.
0: Right. Hence, Christine Card can't, can't actually say what they're going to do next because uh, they're not sure, because the numbers are pointing all over the place. Look, Philip Lowe's last stand today's final RBA meeting um, before that. Uh, very quickly, balance of payments for Q2 for Australia and the trade data as well. This is ahead of uh, Q2 GDP tomorrow. So obviously those the balance of payment and trade data are going to influence those those GDP numbers. What direction are they going to take?
1: Well, yeah, so it's probably worth highlighting as well that yesterday we got those inventory numbers and uh, they came out a lot mm. softer than not only really us, but many had expected. Um, so for instance you know we we had pencil in a 0.5 quarter and quarter outcome for the q2 gdp number um and this this declining inventories it does kind of skew the the risk to the downside in terms of what, what our economies are forecasting um so then at the same time it, it puts a bit more emphasis on the numbers that we're going to get today you you talked about those uh, balance of payment figures um and we also get the government the public spending figures as well um which at the moments that the uh, you know we expecting it to be a flat contribution to gdp Uh, but again any negative contribution coming from the fiscal side will certainly um, increase the chances that we get a much lower print tomorrow in terms of the quote-unquote gdp number so the rba today just listen to yesterday's podcast because we
0: talked all about it (laughs) (laughs) but um on hold today but don't discount the idea of another rate rise later on in the year that's the gist of it isn't it
1: Yes, we think that, um, you know, why why on hold? Well, we've had uh, recent data like the uh, software employment figures and employment number ticking up a little bit, uh, and also the software uh, monthly CPI. So all of that favours the view that the the RBA will still stay on hold this month. Um, But when we look at what's coming up, we still think that there are significant price pressures, uh, particularly coming on the services side. Um, and that uh, we think that will eventually force the RBA hand, but we're talking some time in October, November, um, for for that, those data prints to come out and and for for the RBA to change its tune. But overall, we think that the RBA will retain that bias to hike. Uh, highlighting, you know, the well, risk We're
0: seeing bond yields pushing a bit higher today, aren't they? So that's, that suggests the market's thinking that way too.
1: Yes. I mean, we did see European yields edge higher overnight uh, as, as well. well. So, yeah. so I think it's a bit of a follow up that. But you're quite right. When you look at the price section of uh, Australian bond futures, they did rise during, during our time zone and they edged mm. higher a little bit more uh, overnight as well. So. There's been a bit of a a push-up in in, in the 10-year rate as well. So
0: no press conference this time. Uh, So uh, it's sort of like he is quietly, uh, Philip Lowe is sort of like quietly disappearing. I mean, we we do know he's talking uh, at the Annika Foundation uh, later on in the week. Do you know, he was 17 years old when he, he joined the Reserve Bank. Obviously, he went away and came back again. But uh, a lad from Sylvania Waters, he's done okay for himself, hasn't he, I think. And who knows what he's going to do now? Uh, because there's no evidence of a job for him at Macquarie Bank just yet. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but he likes flying planes. So maybe he'll deflies for Angel Flight, you know, the uh, helping uh, uh, provide emergency care. So uh, maybe he'll be doing more of that. Who knows? But anyway, we'll hear from him at the end of the week. And uh, the US is back on deck tonight. Factory and goods orders later tonight. Which uh, you know, if uh, will that provide more of that soft landing narrative? Uh, is that still going strong? Do you think?
1: Uh, it is. Uh, although factory orders are expected to to print negatively, um, um, and then we also get durable gold orders, but uh, but there's no forecast for those yep. numbers. But. Uh, um uh, overall, uh, you know, the, we, we need more data and more evidence coming from, from the U.S. But overall, yeah, soft landing is favourable. And importantly as well, um, you know, the data continues to suggest that the U.S. economy is performing better than others. Yeah. Uh, and that is a another factor why, um, you know, it's supportive for the U.S. dollar as well. Yeah,
0: for sure. All right. Very good. Uh, we got there. Thanks, Rodrigo. Uh, we'll catch you again soon. Thanks, Bill. My comment about uh, listening to yesterday's podcast to hear about the RBA is because uh, Rodrigo sent me an email after yesterday morning's podcast saying you and Ray have said everything there is to say ahead of the RBA and left me with nothing to say this morning, this Tuesday morning. I tell you, uh, dealing with the sensitivities of these analysts, I have to contend with. It's not easy, I tell you. And that's it for today. I'm Phil Dobby. I am back again tomorrow morning. He's not going to like that. I'll see you then. Have a great day.